Welcome to the Life Church. We are so excited that you've tuned into our program to listen to a wonderful message. On behalf of Pastor Walt Landers, our senior pastor, we just want to say thank you. Our mission here at the Life Church is to connect people with God's purpose. If you don't already have a church home, we want to invite you to join us at 3301 TLC Way. Now let's prepare our hearts to receive a word from God through this morning's message. Well, amen. I'm, I'm not Pastor Walt. Some of you might know who I am, some may not. I'm uh, Brandon Moore. I've uh, been a CPA and financial advisor for 10, 18, 18 years on CPA, 10 years on financial advisor. And uh, just recently I was asked to be uh, an executive pastor here. So that's, that's why I'm here. Pastor Walt gives you, sends you his love. He's uh, been in Montana this last week. Uh, this w- last weekend, and uh, he and uh, Pastor Lane are having a great time fly fishing. So uh, they didn't take me, but that's okay. That's okay. I'm, I'm all right. I'm okay. But I get to be here with you guys, which is where I want to be anyway. Amen. Well, uh, last couple of weeks we've been talking about. Well, last week we had Pastor Ed Trout, which he is amazing. How many of you guys were here and were blessed by Pastor Ed or pa- Prophet Ed? Uh, he did a fantastic job here, just ministering, giving a word to this church, uh, giving a word to several people. I know he talked to, uh, uh, called out Greg and Larry Estes about whether or not they are wealthy. And uh, I know Greg, so I'm going to personally vouch for him. They are extremely rich in love and uh, giving and friendship. I'm just so thankful for them. Uh, co-laboring with them, with the young adults, and uh, I just love them so much. But uh, yeah, before that, Pastor Walt had started us on the, uh, the outline of prayer that Jesus started in Matthew chapter 6. So you can turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, and, uh, or click, you know, some people prefer to click in their Bibles then turn. I like to hear pages, but I'm okay with the silent click. (laughs) So the the prayer starts in verse 9 of Matthew chapter 6, and it says, In this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, we talked about, Pastor Walt talked about the privilege of prayer, being uh, God, being Father, being Daddy God, and the privileges that go with that. It's a relational worship. And then he talked about the priorities of prayer, that uh, we pray your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And this week, I'm going to talk about Matthew 6, 11, give us this day our daily bread. Now, this is the smallest, shortest section of the Lord's Prayer. And, uh, you know, honestly, you know, my first time to preach, I guess I was, you know, I, I got the shortest section. That's okay. That's okay. It, you know, I, we'll make it up later. But uh, there's only seven words 
in this verse. And I looked it up in the Greek, and it's also only seven words in the Greek. Now, seven different, you know, words, because some words in English are two words in Greek, and some two words in English or one word in Greek, but there are still seven Greek words that make this up. Give us this day our daily bread. And Jesus was a Jew talking to Jewish people in Israel. And they knew what he was referencing. He was referencing when God provided manna from heaven for the children of Israel. So let's turn there in Exodus 16. I've got a lot of scripture today. I mean, I've got a lot of scripture. It may be best for you guys just to write it down uh, and flip there later, but um, that's just the way I, I am. Uh, I really feel like that I don't have a lot of good things to say, but there's a lot of good stuff in the Bible, so we'll just quote it. So uh, <clears throat> I had six pages starting out of notes, and I, I whittled it down to four, so you guys are... Very lucky. So Exodus 16, verse 4, Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or not. Skip on down to verse 14. And when the layer of dew lifted there on the surface in the wilderness was a small round substance as fine as frost on the ground, frosting like donuts, so when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, This is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded you. Let every man gather it according to each, one need, each one's need, one omer for each person according to the number of persons. Let every man take for those who are in his tent. Then the children of Israel did so and gathered some more, some less, Verse 18, I told you I had a lot of scripture, so I'm just going to keep reading. So when they measured it by omers, he who gathered much had nothing left over, and he who gathered little had no lack. Every man had gathered according to each one's need. Yeah, manna. What is it? And that's, the name, that's what manna means. It means what is it? It's like, uh, you know, when Adam saw a woman, he said, whoa, man, and that became its name. Her name. That's, that's terrible. That was just awful. Why, should I, why did I do that? But manna, the word manna means what is it? And this is just, we, we find out later that this is the bread from hand, heaven. The New Testament says it's or man ate angel's food. What's cool about the manna is that no matter what the children of Israel did in the 40 years that they were in the wilderness. They complained, they rebelled, they complained again, they rebelled again, they forgot the promises of God, they forgot the goodness of God, and yet every morning, the manna was there. God provided manna from heaven no matter what the children of Israel did. It was always there for them. It's always there for us, for me. And I don't know about you, but I am so grateful that Jesus is there for me. And, and why do I say Jesus? Because Jesus said that he was the, the bread of life. And this, this, give us this day our daily bread, that talks to us about spiritual needs and about physical needs. And the spiritual needs that that Jesus was talking about was, was giving himself. 
And, and it's not a question. Have y'all noticed that in, in, the, in the, the prayer? It's not say, Lord, please give us our daily, this day our daily bread. It's a command. Give us. The implied you is God. You give us this day our daily bread. So God wants us to each day come to him. That's a relationship. God is always about a relationship with him. He wants nothing more than to have a relationship with you. And this provision, this area of provision from God is for you to have a relationship with him and see your needs met. Look in John chapter 6, verse 31. Put my glasses back on so I can see. Pastor Daniel, I I just wanted to let you know that you've said so many things in my life that I remember. They're just little snippets. Uh, One of them was, uh, I wear these glasses for appearance so that things will appear. It's from you. John 6, 31. Our fathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Now, these are the Pharisees complaining to Jesus, talking about the provision of God, and said, our God gave us, our Father gave us. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they quoted the Lord's Prayer. I mean, they said, Lord, give us this bread always. That's almost a quote from Matthew 6, verse verse 11, right? And then Jesus said, wake up. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. That relationship with Jesus has to be a daily relationship. With, with the manna that was from heaven, if they gathered too much, it would spoil. There'd be worms in it, and it would stink. It's on purpose that each day's provision only lasts for that day. You cannot live today on yesterday's provision. You cannot live this day on yesterday's word. You need a daily word from God. You need a daily time where you sit down and read his word and commune with him. I was challenged earlier this week in my devotional. It's a... I bought a, a Bible for coaches. I've never been anything but a little league coach, but I really liked the, some of the devotionals that I looked at. And this devotion said, take, this, take two hours of silence and listen. I was like, oh, two hours? I'll give you 30 minutes. I, that's what I got. And that's all that God's asking for is what you got, Right? And like Pastor Walt said a couple weeks ago, set the clock. <laughs> Get up. Do it. And so I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, and I'm, I'm, my mind's wandering. No, 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 no. I'm supposed to be, I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. God, come on. We've got to speed this up. 
And finally, when, when I got quiet and still and focused, God dropped a verse in my spirit, and I went to that verse, and I looked, at, looked it up, and it applied to me that day. It was the word that I needed that day. And I wouldn't have gotten it had I not waited and spent time with him. Deuteronomy 8, 2, 8, chapter 8, 2 through 3 says, And you should remember the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, to hung- allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He wanted us to hunger for him. He wanted us to have something that we didn't know about, but he wanted us to make us know how much we needed him. We need him every day. I know my family, they can tell when I haven't spent time with Jesus. Dad, do you need to go into the closet? Do you need to go to the office? Sometimes it's, I need prayer, and sometimes I just need to kick a, a, kick a bag or something. But uh, sometimes I just need to, to be with God. And God never meant for us to be sustained by bread alone. This word says, man shall not live by bread alone. When, when God created the heavens and the earth, uh, he, he created some things by, by speaking. He, he said, let there be light, and there was light. But then it says he formed the creatures of the, the, of the earth. He formed the creatures of the sea. And the way he did that is he spoke to what that thing was going to be sustained by. When he wanted the, the sea creatures to be created, he spoke to the waters. When he wanted the, the animals to be created, he spoke to You might be saying, but wait a second. It says that we were formed out of the dust. Yes, God made this body out of the dust. But when he created man, he said, let us create man in our own image. He spoke to himself. When he wanted to create man as a living being, when he wanted to breathe life into his nostrils, he spoke to himself. Because he wanted us to be sustained by his breath. Sustained by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Acts 4 verse 13 says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, this is the apostles after Jesus had been resurrected, and they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. You can't help but notice when people have been with Jesus. It changes you. It influences you. Years ago, uh, Angela and I signed up to be foster parents. 
uh, this is hard for me to talk about, so just give me a second. <clears throat> and uh, we had gotten uh, two kids that were brought into our home, Kelsey and Caden. Kelsey was six and Caden was two. And they had been in a, a, a meth house. Um, their parents were already in jail. Their aunt and uncle, who were supposed to be caring for them, also had a meth house. And, the, of course, CPS took them out of the home and, and, and brought them to us. And when we got them, Kelsey would not play with toys, and she had a hard time being around. And, you know, most of you have been around two-year-olds, right? You can hardly keep up, right? Caden would just lay around. He was so lethargic, so non-childlike. And uh, for that two weeks, they were with us. We showered them with love. And we loved on them. And we loved on them and loved on them. And by the time that they left, they were kids again. Kelsey had been, I guess, scalded in a shower or something by her aunt and uncle. And so every time we wanted to get her in the shower, she was, would just freak out completely. And it was just heartbreaking that trying to hold her to where we can get at least clean her. Because, of course, they had lice, too. That was a lot of love <laughs> to go through. But, <clears throat> but by, the time, by the end of the two weeks that they were we could have her take a bath and she would play in the bathtub like a kid, like kids are supposed to. I said, being around Jesus will change you. It'll create you, it'll cause you to be who you were supposed to be. This person without Jesus was not who I was supposed to be. This person, anytime I leave Jesus' side, I am somebody I'm not supposed to be. I don't like the me who is without Jesus. And let me tell you, you wouldn't like him either. He's selfish. 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 I, I just, there's just no other word to describe who this soulish person is without Jesus. You need Jesus. You need to spend time with Jesus. Now there's, you know, we have this freedom ministry that we started the videos for last week, and uh, we're going to have some more videos coming, I think, tonight and, and going forward. And, and, and Gateway Church has a Kairos event where you go, and, and it's supposed to be for healing and for, for uh, uh, healing unforgiveness and, and father and mother wounds and other things that kind of hold us down and distract us and bind us up. And, and being with Jesus should create those kinds of kairos moments. That it's not religious. It's not you come in and you, you put on this mask or this costume and pretend to be a Jesus follower. What we want to do, in, in what kairos wants to do, what Freedom Ministry wants to do, is take away those walls and the mask and the things that we do to hide our true self. And let Jesus touch those areas and heal us and cause us to be who we're meant to be.
A daily prayer for provision. Give us this day our daily bread. God, I need a word from you. Some of you right now are having things in your life that you need miracles. You have family members that are away from God and you need a miracle. You're believing in God's word, in his daily provision, there's, there's something for you to stand on. Before my, well, right after Angela and I got married, we wanted to start having kids and um, got pregnant and went to the doctor and heard the baby's heartbeat. And then went to the next month and uh, no heartbeat. And then they sent us to a clinic and they find out that there's, <clears throat> it's, we miscarried. It was devastating to us. We're so young and stupid. So young and uninformed, so young and God. We knew, it, the one thing that we did know that it was not God's plan. God did not do that to us. A guy in our church came up to us and said, the devil stole from you. That was not God's will. A lot of people try to say, well, God works all things to good. Yeah, he does. But he doesn't do that. That's the enemy. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So we searched the Bible, we searched Scripture and found Scripture of life and healing and found Exodus 23, 26 that says, None shall suffer miscarriage or be buried in the land, but I will fulfill the length of your days. And we stood on that. And we believed it. And then Caitlin was born. And then I got pregnant again and Connor. But... Right before he was born, he had a bowel movement in the womb, and so it was septic, and it took 10 days. I know I've talked about this before. It took 10 days to take him home from the hospital. But we, we stood on that same promise. None shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in the land, but I will fulfill the length of your days. And we still stand on that for our kids. We still quote that scripture over our kids. Why? Because that's the daily provision that God gives and God brings. This is for real life. This word is for real life. It's not for playing church and singing songs and, and saying hallelujah and whoo. It's for real life. For real issues that I know you've gone through. I've gone through. And when the enemy comes against us, the Bible says that, that God raises up a standard against him. And that standard is his word. His daily provision for us. God wants to prepare, provide for our physical needs as well. Matthew 6, and. Pastor Walt almost completely stole my thunder <clears throat> on the offering scripture, but uh, I, I didn't do 26 through 34. I started at 31. So let's go to Matthew 6, 31. It says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, 
Your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Give us this day our daily bread. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. We are not supposed to be living way out ahead. We are living today. Now, it's all right to plan. You should be planning. You should have goals. But sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Hear God for today. There's a reason that give us this day our daily bread comes after your kingdom come, your will be done. Because we're supposed to seek first his kingdom and then everything else will be provided to us. And then we know that we know that we know that it's provided for us. Deuteronomy 8 verse 11 says, Beware that you don't forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, his statutes, which I command you. That's his word. Verse 16 says, God who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you, that he might test you to do you good in the end. Then you say in your heart, my power and my might have gotten me this wealth. But verse 18, you know, you remember Matambo in Houston? Anybody remember him doing this? Not in my house. God says, no, no, no. You shall remember the Lord your God. I won't do that in the second service, by the way. We won't. Apparently, y'all don't watch basketball. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. The wealth is to establish the covenant. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. There's a purpose for the provision of God. This may be shocking to you, but there's nowhere in the word that says that we are supposed to provide for ourselves. That men are supposed to provide for ourselves. It says in Ephesians 4.28, Let him who stole steal no longer, but let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give. We're supposed to provide, help, help provide for our families, and if we don't, we're worse than the heathen. Another place in, in the New Testament says. But God wants us to work and seek his kingdom to establish his covenant on the earth. There are kingdom principles that you have to abide by if you're going to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and then ask for his daily bread then the kingdom principles is, are, are, are stated very clearly in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 5. Therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to you ahead of time to prepare your generous gift. Verse 7, so let each one gives as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able, if you don't memorize any scripture this week, memorize this one. Memorize this. God who is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things, whew, it's a lot of all, may have an abundance for every good work. That's the kingdom principle. You give and God supplies all 
sayings. Now, you're not giving to get. That's a mistake. That's a rookie mistake. You're, when I was uh, about in my 20s, I had a 1981 Toyota Celica. You know, remember that? Really ugly car. Ugly car. It's what I could afford. I was making payments. Wild Bill's Auto Place, which is not there anymore. And uh, the owner, I guess, is a pastor now. <laughs> awesome. Well, <clears throat> I, I heard this message of give and God will bless you. Give and God will bless you. And so I thought, man, I, I want to give too. And there was a family at my apartment complex who didn't have a car. So I gave them my car. I didn't hear God. I just did it. So I was carless for a couple of days. And then somehow somebody heard through whatever and found out I needed a car and they gave to the church another Toyota, a Camry or something, I don't remember what it was. But it was like a, a metal box with vinyl. It was basically a golf cart with a, a bigger motor. I mean, <clears throat> but God had mercy on me because, you know, my, my heart was right. It just wasn't. <laughs> I was giving to get. No, we give to give. We give so that the kingdom is established, and then we receive from God to give so that the kingdom is established. Then we receive from God, and then we give so the kingdom is established. It's a powerful kingdom principle. God wants to provide for all of our needs. And I struggled wondering. I believe that God was able to provide all my needs, but I didn't know if he would provide all my needs. But that's, what, that's why Jesus gave us, the Holy Spirit gave us the Bible. So if you aren't sure whether or not God wants to, wills to give you the things that you ask for, let's take a little stroll through the New Testament. Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. The him who knocks it will be open. Matthew eighteen nineteen. Again, I say to you, that if the two of you agree on earth concerning anything that you ask, it will be done for them by my Father. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Luke eleven ten. For everyone who asks receives; he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be open to him. John fourteen thirteen through fourteen. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do it. My Father be glorified; that my Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. John fifteen seven. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. John 16, 23, 24. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most surely I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. Romans 10, 13. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hey, call on the name of the Lord and be saved. 
Philippians 4, 6, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. It's pretty clear. God wants to give you the things that you ask. If you put him first, if you seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, if you abide in him and have a daily relationship with him and get your sustenance and the thing that sustains you from him daily. Not once a week or once a month or just on Sundays, but daily. Then he'll give you the desires of your heart. Now, some of you may not have a relationship with Jesus right now. And you kind of want that. Well, guess what? That can be fixed today with a money-back guarantee because it's free. Now, it costs somebody something. It costs Jesus his life. He was willing to give it for you. Let's stand to our feet. This, give us this day our daily bread. This is a daily provision from God of himself. He's providing daily of himself for you. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. If you want to ask Jesus to be Lord of your life, yes, our prayer team, please come forward. If you've not asked Jesus to come into your heart and you want to do that today, can I see your hand? Can you just raise it so I know whether or not I need to pray this, this prayer of salvation for you? All right. If you change your mind, this prayer team knows how to pray that prayer of salvation with you. So what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What is God saying to you right now? That maybe you have a miracle that you're waiting on, that you're believing God for. Maybe there's something in your heart that you need to get right with him. Doesn't, maybe it has nothing to do with give us this day our daily bread. Maybe it has something to do with something you said to your wife last week and it's still not having let go. Holy Spirit is still saying, hey, we need to get that right. Come down and, and have these, this prayer team pray for you. There are three pillars of this church, worship, the word, and prayer. And this is, that's what this part of the service is. It's the prayer part where we make ourselves available to pray for you because we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's program at the Life Church. Our prayer is that you've been blessed by this morning's message and that God would continue to speak into your heart throughout the week. 
We are so excited about what God is doing right here at the Life Church as we connect people with God's purpose. Again, if you don't already have a church home, we invite you to join us for a visit at 3301 TLC Way. We have two Sunday morning services for you to choose from, 9:15 and 11 a.m. Again, our prayer is that you've been blessed and we hope you have a great week.